October 12, 2022. We're in Masechet Sanhedrin, and Kof Yod If you count from the top, it's two lines down. Uh, the Gemara had just described the wife of On ben Pelet, how she saved him from the rebellion of Korach. Initially, he was enlisted, and the Gemara said he swore in with regards to his involvement. And then she had her way, as we understood and discussed in the Gemara, of getting him out of it and keeping people away. The Gemara will contrast On ben Pelet's wife to the wife of Korach as being his inspiration for rebellion, for going up against Moshe and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Says the Gemara, itete, just the fourth word on the line, the wife of the Korach Amrale, she says to him, the Hachamim imagine, Haze Maika Avid Moshe, look at what Moshe is doing. Ihu, he, meaning Moshe, Havamalka, he established himself, or he has been established as the king, but he didn't suffice with that. Le'ahua, to his brother, meaning Aharon, of course, Shavye Kahana, he established as the priest, as the uh, Kohen Gadol, Kahana uh, Rabba, the Kohen Gadol. Libne Ahohi, to the children of his brother, meaning, of course, Nadav, Avihu, Elazar, Itama, the sons of Aharon, Shavinus uh, Ganet Kahana, he established them as the seconds in command to the Kohen Gadol. Effectively, what his wife is uh, turning to him and convincing him of is that Moshe has ulterior motives. Moshe's will, his passion, and his success is at giving himself power. Korach, how can you allow for that sort of power to be seized by him and you're left with very little? Uh, furthermore, if Teruma is given by Am Yisrael, Moshe said it should go to the Kohen. Um, that's not to you. Even the stuff that goes to you, his wife says to him, if Am Yisrael bring what's called Ma'aser Rishon, uh, well, that goes to the Levim, perhaps Korach um, reasoned with his wife. She said to him, not so fast. The Shakil Tuatun, which you guys uh, collect, Amar, Moshe commanded, Havu had me'asara la kohen. Moshe commanded that one-tenth of it, it's what we call terumat ma'asir, is given to the kohen. So you're left with very little. First and foremost, the actual power positions taken by Moshe and his family. Even the donations, most of them go straight to the kehunah, to his brother. And when it comes to some of the donations that you'll receive, well, you even have to give a tenth of that. Furthermore, ve'od the guy is le. It says the Gemara, says, says the wife of Korach to him, furthermore, and furthermore, he's shaved off your hair. Pesukim at the beginning of Parashat Shemini described how the Kohanim had uh, hair, excuse me, Parashat Shemini described how the, the Kohanim's hair was to be groomed properly. You're not able to grow your hair and show your own self-authority, your own self-worth. And he has you, in turn, says Rashi, kufta means re'i, he has you uh, being rolled around like excrement. Um, hair in this kind of, well, hair, we, we do know hair sometimes, oftentimes can designate uh, the, uh, the, uh, the individuality of a person. When people groom their hair differently, it's a way of, with our body, being able to easily express our particular nature. Me, I don't have that option, but pretty much everyone else in the room has that ability. And so in turn, what, what seems to be, it's not only power, it's also individuality. You've lost that ability because you look like everyone else. It's for that reason, by the way, that fundamentalist groups very often, you have skinhead groups, uh, they're stating about themselves, 
We're nothing. We're just a part of something greater than ourselves without being able to exert any individuality. Well, anyway, that's what she says. And she says to him, furthermore, Anna, you have so to speak, Moshe has put his eyes on your hair, meaning again, he has looked to demote you, to take away any power, any self-authority that you could have had. Amallah, Korah, reasoning with his wife, trying to say he's not such a bad guy, he says back to her, he too, he's a Levi. He also groomed his hair uh, appropriately in the way that conforms with everyone else. Amrale says uh, the, the wife of Korah Batim, since all the greatness, all that grandeur, the, the ability to rise above is his, Amar he said about himself, he said like Shimshon did, as he kills the Pelishtim and ultimately kills himself in the same moment, Moshe says, listen, I'll lose some of my own power from an external uh, vision. I'll take away my own hair if what it means is being able to take away everyone else's. Meaning Moshe was taking away his own hair only as a ploy of getting everyone else to take away their hair, not actually losing any power. And he knows he's not losing any power. Sometimes the person who's manipulative needs to convince the others, I'm not manipulating you, I'm not trying to rise above you, I'm going to act just like you. But the vision, the the, the desire of that individual is, I'll die together with them because I'll affect, I'll cause something greater. That's what Ve'od and furthermore says the wife of Korachtim. He's told you, and the reason the Gemara is Doresh, this over here, as does the Midrash, in the most basic sense, is the end of Parashat Shelach ends in the Torah with Techelet. After the Miragelim, we have a description of Techelet. Right from that passage, that's Techelet, what we say every morning as the last passage in Kiryat Shema. You go straight from that into Vaikah Korach. So the Derashah of the Rabbis is there must be something, Simichut Parshiot, that's uh, it's held in common between Techelet, which is mentioned right before the rebellion of Korah. What's that? The vision is, we'll try to understand this in a moment, that the wife of Korah says to him, uh, well, he told you to establish to put techelet on the fringes of your garments. Of course, that's the light blue strand together with the white ones of Sisit. If you really are to think if that light blue color is a mitzvah, uh, take out clothing, garments, full garments that are all light blue. The casino and you should in turn dress up the whole metivta, the whole yeshiva with those sorts of clothing. In other words, uh, why don't you all act that role? What do you mean act that role? Well, first and foremost, this midrash that the Gemara presents ends like that. Why don't you all wear clothing of techelet? Let me tell you how I understand this and in turn how it's uh, filled in fully by the midrash. The techelet on the sisiot, on the corners, when you look at the techelet, it's supposed to be seen as amongst a lot of white, it's the one that stands out. You look at that and you say, that's the one that's guiding you. The Gemara envisions the color of techelet in Masech Menachot as being similar to the seas, which reminds you of the skies, of the heavens, which in turn reminds you of. You see that light blue? 
and you see the greatness, you see grandeur, you see the highest level over there. Effectively, what she's saying to him is, she said to, he said to put one strand, why aren't you all wearing clothing, which is all techelet? If, after all, you have the ability just as much as him, why is he the one, so to speak, wearing the talit shekula techelet? In truth, the Kohen Gadol was wearing much techelet on his clothing. How come he gets to wear that? Why don't all of you, you guys get one lousy string? The Midrash takes it a bit further with regards to the description. It's very telling. The Midrash says that Korach, in turn, goes in front of Moshe, and he has all of them wearing these talikotoche kulam techelet. In other words, it's not only his advice, the advice of his wife, he actually does it, and asks Moshe, What's the halacha? We're wearing a shirt like Nathan's right now. I'm sorry, I'm always wearing that one. Today I'm wearing shirts like that. Do we need techelet on the corners? At which Moshe says, of course, and they all laugh at him because common sense dictates that's ridiculous. If the point is that the color remind me of something, well, my whole garment is that. I don't need much on you as well. I don't need the, the strand on the corner. And that's the way the Midrash ends with them making a mockery out of Moshe. Effectively, that taps into the Pasuk and the parasha. The claim of Korach v'adator, ki kol ha'eda kulam kedoshim u'ptocham Adonai. They turn to Moshe and they say, the whole assembly is holy. We're all sanctified. So why do you need to rise above us? The imagery goes like this. We are all strands of blue. The blue is the one that stands out. The blue is the one you see and you say that's different than the others. It is the leader, so to speak. If the Torah tells us, if God told us, I'm going to dwell in your midst, then we're all equal. We don't need hierarchy. We don't need leadership. We can all be leaders. It's very appropriate in this context because Korach's wife is turning to them and saying, you have an instable model over here of hierarchy in this nation. The leader appointed his brother and so on and so forth. If we think about this from a common sense standpoint, we're all equal, you're equal, just like he's equal. Wear the clothing which is fully techelet. Have him tell you that you don't need. And if you do need, he's pulling the wool over your eyes. He's, play, he's playing with you. He wants the greatness when you all are deserving. So what's the response to Korah va'adato? It's effectively what, God, what Moshe says. So this was God's instruction. Your common sense, I get it. It does look wrong. This greatness which I have established for myself, it's coming from God. I haven't done this. My brother and his children, none of this was our own self-doing. You want an explanation why we need hierarchy? That's the way a structure works appropriately. Parashat Korach segues into Parashat Hukat, which is about Hukata Torah, which is about accepting certain matters that we don't always understand. So the common sense rebellion effectively of Korah is, it looks to us like you're seizing power. It looks to us like it's an instable uh, governmental model that you've built in terms of governing this nation. Uh, we don't think it's appropriate. Moshe's response is, I haven't done this. I understand your claim. We can try to see this out. However, ultimately speaking, I'm abiding to the orders of Akadosh Baruch Hu. They clearly fear, and the Gemara will portray it even further, that Moshe or his wife convince him Moshe is not acting on the authority of God. That's, it seems clear from the Pesukim. Why are you being mitnaseh? The response you're saying is quite simple. I didn't do it. God did it. Something goes wrong in their vision of 
leadership, I guess it's there's a tendency of human beings to confuse themselves when it comes to power and respect. Hainu Dichtiv says the Gemara in concluding the contrast between On Ben Pelet's wife, who brings him into the proper fold, and the wife of Korah, who takes him out of it. Hachmot Nashim Banta Beta, the Pasuk says in Mishle, the wisdom of women builds the homes of Yishtoshel On Ben Pelet. That would be referring to the wife of On Ben Pelet, who brings him back and away from the fray of, uh, of Mahloket. Ve'ivelet biyadeha tehersena, the Pasuk says that in the second half, and the, the silliness, the folly on the behalf of a woman uh, can burn down the home. Of course, zo ishto shil korach, that's the flip side, that's the wrong advice given by the wife of Korach. Says the Pasuk onward with regards to the rebellion of Korach, va'adato va'yakumu lufnei Moshe va'anashim ibn Esau hamishim matayim. Pasuk says that, uh, well, not on ben Pelet any longer, datan, aviram, Korach. We imagine as well the children of Korah and men from Yisrael, 250. They all come in front of Moshe and Aharon. They make claims <coughs> against them. Why does Pasuk say men from Bnei Israel? Where else are these men coming from? The fact that Pasuk says Anashim mi Israel, it specifies that from Bnei Israel, it makes me say people from the congregation. It's not just heke people from the congregation. People from congregation, uh, says the says the Gemara, they're important people, but the Pasuk doesn't just describe them as important people. It furthermore says they're kiri'e mo'ed, which in the maybe peshat means they call assemblies, right? A mo'ed, like ohil mo'ed is the assembly place. Kiri'e mo'ed probably means they call assemblies, but the word mo'ed as well, we know it from the mo'adi, means times. It means they were wise people. It's a long time ago, but in the beginning of our Masechet, we spent some time understanding when you were Me'aber Shanim, we saw the Masechet Roshana, when you established a leap year, when you, uh, and how you determined if the month is a Chodesh Maleh, Chodesh Haseh, 29 days, 30 days, you needed wise people dealing with such matters. Today, as we've discussed, uh, that's already established for us, but once upon a time, you had a lot of developments, a lot of determinations that went into that. These were people of that sort. They had the stature, they had the wisdom of doing so. And Sheshem, the last part of the Pasuk says, they were people who had a name. So to speak, I know we're in the desert at this point, in the wilderness, but their name preceded them with regards to them being famous. They were well-known, established people who had wisdom and strength and, and broad shoulders. Okay, and then the Pasuk describes how Moshe hears their claims against him. Rav Lachem, if they're fighting against Moshe, Moshe hears and he falls on his face in the Gemara's vision, its imagination over years. He doesn't just hear rebellion. Here's something more which makes him fall on his face. What is it that Moshe heard in that moment? It's almost as if there was a personal attack on him. They suspected in a real way, it appears, Moshe, that he was sleeping with their wives. A terrible thing. But that's why he falls on his face. He doesn't just hear a claim against the authority of leadership. It's furthermore, they make a personal, individual, uh, almost a terrible, disgusting claim against Moshe. He's sleeping with Eshet Ish. Keep in, keep in mind, Moshe, at this juncture, is probably not involved in the family relations. You know, in Parashat Beha'alotecha, earlier, you have Miriam and Aharon talking Lashon Hara about him. He's with Isha Kushit, but he's not with her. 
So I'm just coloring the scenery over here. People are hearing our leader is not involved in such matters. Oh, come on. Not only is he involved, he must be doing it not with his wife. He wants to look all pious and righteous. He's doing it with our wives. That must be the case. Says the Gemara Shene Emar, as the Pasuk says, with regards to Moshe, Le Moshe Kedosh Adonai. Pasuk in Tehilim uses that Lashon of Kina with regards to Moshe. Well, what's the Lashon of Kina? Each one of them uh, suspected their wives of sleeping with Moshe, each one of these 250 plus people. Well, what's the Lashon of Kin'a? We have that from Parashat Naso in the context of a Sota, right? A woman who's a Sota, she's suspected by her husband of committing, of having an affair. Pasuk says, He has a certain jealousy as a certain suspicion of his wife. So that's the Lashon in turn, Pasuk and Tilim, that they had a kina'ah of Moshe, not that they were just jealous of him. The suggestion is they suspected him of being with their wives. And furthermore, the Pasuk says at the end of Parashat, Kitisa, uh, around the time of the Pasuk says that Moshe took his ohel, ohel mo'ed, his home, and he moved it outside of the camp. Why is he moving it outside of the camp? For what reason? The suggestion of Rabbi Shemuel Bar Yitzhak in our Gemara is he did it so that people would stop suspecting him. They're looking at him and they're saying, oh, he lives amongst us and he's not with his wife. He must be with our wife. Says Moshe, I'll take my oil and I'll move it out. I mean, there's a fascinating thing. The pasuk goes further over there and it says that anyone who was Mivakesh Hashem would come outside. So effectively, he accomplishes two things. He first of all moves himself out of the world of suspicion, and furthermore, he makes a place for people uh, to go and seclude themselves. If you want advice, if you want to study, if you want to find something, sometimes it's distracting when you're in the fray. Sometimes there's all sorts of difficulties in. Moshe moves it out. Then the pasuk says, So keep in mind, they're making claims. Moshe falls on his face. He doesn't know fully what to do. He determines, he's going to, he asks for Datan Va'aviram to come to him, and they say, they said, we're not coming to talk to you, Moshe. This is not enough. You took us from Eretz of Atchalavud Vash and you came here. That's Datan Ba'aviram. So what does Moshe do? Moshe gets up and he goes to speak to Datan Ba'aviram. Imagine it. Imagine it for just a moment. The most authoritative figure in a large nation. The people defy him publicly. And so what does he do? He bites his, uh, his pride. He eats his uh, his uh, his his uh, honor, and he goes to them. Says the Gemara, We can derive quite simply. I mean, there's no large derasha over here, but just sometimes, at least I, you look past this in the pesukim and stop realizing. Moshe asked them to come to him. They didn't. He doesn't kill them, which he could. The moreid b'melech, effectively. He's the right one over here. He's fighting the fight of God. He could just say, uh, you know, oh, you don't want to come? So then I'll wait for you. He says, you don't want to come? I'll force you. Shalom. We usually put on Aharon. Here it is, Moshe. And again, it's staring you in this. It's not like, you know, this is not a dirashah v'hachamim. They found the word here. This is peshat and pesukim. We just sometimes overlook the humility of Moshe, but more than humility, the realization of Moshe it is not going to affect anything. We aren't going to have a productive engagement over here. If I keep a dispute going, let me end it. I'll eat my honor. Not an issue. 
כל המחזיק מהמחלוקת עובר בלאו, after all the statement of רב is, any person who upholds dispute, he violates a מצווה לא תעשה שנאמר, אז פסוק says, in the conclusion of all this, ולא יהיה כקורח וכעדתו, and you should not be like קורח ונעדה, is an actual מצווה לא תעשה, הרמב״ם in his שורשים, the eighth of his roots, the שורשים that he has before his ספר המצוות, writes, this is not a real מצווה לא תעשה, it's a general prescription of the Torah, how to act. Ramban Nachmani, defending others, actually count this as one of the 613 mitzvot, not to be engaged in mahaloket. I mean, again, it's something in our own lives sometimes, unfortunately, overlooked. Yes, Charles? So just to understand something, when Moshe moved his tent outside the camp, he, he knew he was innocent. Along the same lines, I, I assume. So Charles is pointing out. I'm, 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 I'm taking your words. I'm, I'm, distor- I'm distorting them for a moment. So there's chatter, and, and, and again, so you're saying, I think you're saying, it's the exact same with the Gemara did a moment ago. It could have quoted that over here. Why is Moshe moving his tent outside? He has no mandate to make certain that he distanced himself from Mahloket. Not so much to take the idle chatter. He's not doing anything. It's to take away Mahloket when he's right. It's, it's, it's an earlier mention of the same point. Yeah, that, it's, it's a great point. That, that is... The Moshe, the one we envision as Aharon, Aharon usually is interpersonal, at least in the eyes of the Hachamim. The Ohev Shalom, the Rodev Shalom, is he makes Shalom ben Ish Lachavero ben Ish Ishto. Moshe over here is on a national, with regards to him basis, but the same type of mindset. That's, that's true leadership. I mean, I think that's what the Gemara is, is, is portraying to us. If you're going to keep the people together, it means you are, um, you are modeling the way to take away and to run from Mahlok. Ravashe Amar, Ravashe furthermore describes a person who is Mahazik ba Mahaloket, a person who holds on to and fights the fight of dispute, Ra'ui Litztara, so to speak, that person should get Sarah, should get leprosy. Before we read the Dirasha, understand it for a moment. Not hard to understand this one either, conceptually. A Misora is sent outside of the Mahane. If you're a person who's bringing forth dispute, Dispute. You want to know where you belong? Outside of the Mahane, the same way the Hakamim have a person who speaks Lashon Haraz, Sarat, from the Pesukim at the end of the Ha'alotecha, so too a person who brings forth Mahloket, even more so. You don't belong amongst the people. Go outside, think about what you're doing. Amongst us, you're only causing uh, all sorts of fires to be uh, built up amongst the people. Kitiv on the one hand, the Pasuk says over here with regards to Korah Moshe, Biyad Moshe Lo. Says to, into the hand of Moshe to him, and then the pasuk says in the first encounter of Moshe with God when he's nervous about Am Yisrael about Paro not listening to him, Moshe, God tells him, "Vayomer Adonai lo od pasuk says, God says to him, furthermore, take your hand and put it into your chest, put it over there and take it and it'll be sarat on it. Effectively the same words, right? Same words in the reference the first time Moshe meets with God, it's that you put your hand in and it comes out sarat. And in turn, the pasuk over here by Korach Fa'adato is similar. But again, conceptually, the, the point, as, as I understand it, is if a person's mahazik ba mahaloket, don't belong with us, you're just causing fights, 
Stay outside. For just a few lines, the Gemara says, well, now that we're talking about Mahloket, we'll talk about other circumstances of inappropriate dispute. Any person who disagrees with the kingship, the monarchy of Beit David, he should be bitten, he should be stung by, whatever, injected by a serpent, by a snake. Before we move onward, Maharsha points out, says the snake was supposed to be, was the Arumi called Hayata Sadeh, the Pesukim saying Bereshit. It was the wisest, it sounds like the most capable of all the wild animals and beasts of the field. And nonetheless, he has a certain jealousy, he has a certain jealousy of the fact that in the animal kingdom he might be the top, but there's a human kingdom and they reign above him supreme. So he sets his eyes on Hava, he looks to overcome them. That's effectively looking at an individual who can't be comfortable in their own skin. No pun intended when we're talking about a snake. Um, but that being the case, it's for that reason that the imagery over here is a person who has kinah, who has jealousy at Malchut Bet David, the person who scoffs at the, monar- the monarchy of, of Bet David, well, that person should be stung by a, uh, by, should be a bit, bitten by a, by a serpent. Uh, the imagery is very rich uh, because the same way the serpent couldn't suffice with their power, with their standing, neither can you. Ketiv here's the derasha. On the one hand, the Pasuk says, says by Adoniyahu. Adoniyahu was the son of David who didn't like that Shilomo, the son of da- David, was the rightful heir to David. David appointed Shilomo to be the next one. Adoniyahu doesn't like it. And in turn, the Pasuk says, So the most important words over here, aside from all the sacrifices, are there's some sort of, it sounds like, crawling, moving stone. What's a crawling, moving stone? Peshat. Peshat and Pesukim, not the Dirashat, the Hachamim, there was some sort of stone, I think Rashi says this in his commentary, there was some sort of stone that they would push, and it was like a way of, uh, of testing one another. It was instead of uh, barbells, it was instead of a uh, gym, that's the way you tested strength. That was the gladiators of sort, like it's not fighting against each other. Who's stronger? This kid, this uh, young man could push it that far, and you could push it that far. That's what, but the Gemara's Doresh, Uchtiv, Hatam, but alternatively the Pasuk says, with regards to uh, actual um, uh, snakes, the Pasuk says in the Tokeha, the Pasuk says in the uh, bad times that the Torah describes in Parashat Kitabo, just a few weeks ago in the par- Parasha, the Pasuk says, Im Hamat Zohale Afar, and the Pasuk is heard, Zohale Afar is those who crawl in the dust, in the, on the ground. Of course, that's a reference to snakes. So the, past, the fact that the Pasuk mentions Zohel and Zohel, the crawling and the crawling, the second time by a snake, tells us that the Adoniyahu, the one who's rebelling against Malchut David, should be stung, should be bitten by a snake. Amar Rav Hasta al Rabbo. Any person, says Rav Hasta, who disagrees with his rabbi, with his mentor, kecholek ala shechinat, as if they're disagreeing with the Shekhinah with the indwelling of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Wait a second, that means nobody's allowed to have different opinions. Nobody's ever allowed to dispute their rabbi. Rashi, importantly, basing himself on the Gemara and Masechi Perachot, says, Cholek al yeshivato. He's disputing the yeshiva. What is yeshiva? Yeshiva, generally speaking, has to do with the establishment of teaching and learning. Harambam in Perekeh of Hilchot Talmud Torah elaborates. He says it's a circumstance where a student 
puts themselves in a teaching position without the permission of their rabbi. Not that they disagree with the halacha, not that they disagree with the hashkafa, that's darkash el Torah, different people have different opinions. This was Hacham Vadya Yosef's famous claim for himself when he was being attacked. How could you be disagreeing with Ben Ishai? He said, Kachi darkash el Torah. I have, if I wasn't sourcing it, of course it's inappropriate, but I'm sourcing it. I'm sourcing it and I have a different approach. I'm not allowed to have a different approach. The issue is, Perekei of Hilchot Talmud Torah is when you establish yourself as a teacher in an inappropriate fashion. You determined, I'm going to give build this yeshiva, whereas your mentor, the, the person who's given you those skills, those abilities, has not given proper guidance in that circumstance. That statement is it's as if, so to speak, you're going against God, as the Pasuk says in our context. This is um, the Pasuk says that about Adat Korach, Behasotam al-Adonai, in their fight against God. Well, they didn't fight against God, they fought against Moshe. Pasuk says they fought against God. When you fight against Moshe, when you fight about the establishment, keep in mind, they didn't just disagree with Moshe, they wanted leadership positions. They wanted to be teaching the people, leading the people. That's Behasotam al-Hashem. Similarly, along the same lines, Amar Rabbi Hama Rabbi Hanina Kula Meriva Im Rabov. A person inspires a fight, uh, brings forth a, uh, provokes a uh, altercation. Rashi says, Tagar Uktata, Tagar and Ketata are similar words which mean just a fight, an altercation, but Rashi goes further, Lefatfet Negdo Bidvarim, to make claims, pitput means to means to stutter, so in, in a certain sense you're speaking and you have claims against him. This is personal claims, it sounds like, about their leadership model. And again, it's not just thoughts, but it's actually bringing them forth publicly. It's as if you're uh, quarreling with HaKadosh Baruch Hu Emar, Hema Meriva Israel. Et Amonai, the Pasuk says about Het Memeriva, that's Parashat Hukat, that's the fight of Am Yisrael with Moshe. The Pasuk says explicitly, Vayarev Ha'ami Moshe. The Pasuk says they fight with Moshe. They say, we don't know, we wish we died with our brethren in the desert. Why'd you bring us out here? We could have died Lifne Hashem. And then, of course, Moshe, we know, hits the rock. It's they're speaking to it. But the Pasuk describes it as a time during which they fought with God. They didn't fight with God, they were fighting with Moshe. Moshe has an issue with God. What's with God? It means the fight with Moshe was effectively a fight with God. <laughs> Lastly, a person who's mitra'em. What does mitra'em mean? So it says Rashi, uh, It's a person who says about their leader, uh, he's a cruel person. It's a person who's looking to put us down, to stymie our growth. It's as if you're doing it against God, if we envision this part situation properly. This is as Am Yisrael leave Egypt and the people are fighting with, uh, with Moshe and Aharon. And this is the parashat b'shalach. And they say, why are you fighting with us? You want, ma- you, you want food? You're unhappy with your food? Why are you fighting with us? Your, your, your issue's not with us. It's with God. Wait a second. I thought it's with them. They're fighting with him. 
say you got the wrong location. If you think you're fighting with us, really you're fighting with God. Just guys, watch out. I'm just letting you. Now the word hirhur, generally speaking, means means thoughts. Rashi over here goes out of his way to say mehape alav devarim. The word devarim means words. Mehape milashon hupa. You place upon him words. Rashi seems to be taking it from just thought. We're not going to blame a person for thought, uh, but devarim, if you have wrongful speech about them, and again, this is not when a person is led by taklit. If a person truly has the right intention, person's being constructive, that's, there's no issues whatsoever. We're talking about when this is a self-driven, uh, prideful uh, uh, rebellion against another person in leadership position. Uh, if, that's the, if that's the will, if that's the, uh, uh, if that's the, uh, the vision, well then it's kilo meharhera that's the last uh, pasuk that we're going to quote in this context. This is in Parashat Beha'alotecha. This is when they're fighting, but they, they, they don't like the man. They want meat. And the pasuk says that they're fighting not only with, uh, with Moshe, but against God, Elohim, as well. Says the Pasuk, er, furthermore, says the Gemara, I'm quoting another Pasuk over here, Pasuk from Kohelet. The Pasuk says, Osher shamur liv'alav lir'a'ato. The wealth which is held on to by the owner is sometimes for their own detriment. We can imagine this as Resh Lakish as the wealth of Korach. There is an expression until today, if I'm not mistaken, in Israeli culture, right? Something of Osher of Korach. Ashir ki Korach. They talk about you being as rich, as wealthy as Korach. It's from this Gemara, if I'm not mistaken. So the Torah doesn't describe Korach as being wealthy. The Hachamim do. The Hachamim will. I guess we'll stop over here. For, for, we'll read just a few more words over here. The Gemara will envision and imagine the wealth of Korach as being, which makes a lot of sense. If Korach was one of the lowly individuals in the nation, if Korach was, I don't know, was a simple guy, he thinks he deserves the status, the stature of Moshe. The fact that he comes from a family of pedigree, the fact that he has wealth, that's what course his wife. That's what inspires him. She, uh, says the Gemara, The Pasuk says that as they're swallowed, they're swallowed with the ground which is under their legs. What's the ground which is under their legs? Says the Derasha here in the Gemara, That's the wealth. The wealth puts you on your feet. The wealth gives you your standing, your social standing, your financial strength in this world. That's what's swallowed with them. The Gemara Mara will then, for a few lines, describe that wealth of Korah and describe to us, in turn, the danger of getting caught up in your wealth, believing that you have a certain power and, in turn, uh, skewing your mind with regards to your interactions with others. Baruch Adonai Amen. Amen.